This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Erica, and I'm really excited for tonight's show. My guest tonight is Joseph Leo Bori. He began his career at the age of nine with his first studio session for Highway to Heaven, which I just love that that's in your bio, uh, Joseph, because <laughs> I remember that show as a kid. Um, by 12 years old, he had lent his voice to feature films, including Die Hard and Batman Returns. He went on to get his BFA from Boston's Emerson College. And um, to speed up to current day, he has released a big band solo album called Nothing But Love and is currently playing Frankie Valli in Broadway's Jersey Boys. Joseph, welcome. Yeah. That sounds so that sounds so fun. What a fun life. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You have a great life. I love it. Um, we don't talk about the time that I was failing chemistry in high school in that uh, bio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you too? <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> now, do you go by Joseph, Joe, Joseph Leo? Sure, sure. sure, yeah, all, all, all the above. All the above. Anything. All right, well, what do your friends yeah. call you? Uh, well, my high school buddies call me Joe Leo, and uh, a lot of the uh, later friends that I've made in life in theater companies and shows and productions, they like to say Joseph Leo. And now at Jersey Boys, the common thing is to call me Joey, which is what my relatives all call me still from when I was a kid. So, you know, anything goes. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, he's like, Joey, Frankie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joey, come here. Now, I have to I have to start off by asking you about Highway to Heaven. And, um, yeah. Just because, you know, I, I remember the show as a kid, and I love I love that kind of nostalgic yeah. stuff. So you Sang, you, you were in the studio session, so what, what did you do for that show at age nine? Well, I, I sang in the studio for that show and was on camera in that episode as well, and it was the it was the Christmas episode that they did, the only, I think, really official Christmas episode that was ever filmed for, for the series. And um, so it still plays, like, you know, anytime you do something that's holiday-oriented, it seems to pop up every year on some network, whatever that may be, cable. Um, but it was... I forget what we sang, but it was a couple different Christmas songs. We were kids that were singing caroling in a park, and, you know, bless him, Michael Landon was there. And, you know, it was it was a really phenomenal experience and something that I didn't even know what was happening. You know, I just was like, okay, now I go stand here. Now I wear these clothes that aren't mine. Now I sing this song with a microphone in a big building. Okay. Um, but, you know, when you're eight and nine years old, you know, it's it's you know, there's a lot of wonder still happening, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what that whole experience was like for for actually many years after that. You know, the whole idea that that then I was being paid to to sing was just so incredible to me because I would sing for free. I'd still sing for free, but don't don't tell people. <laughs> um, but keep you know, the, the money the money that I was paid for all these different um, 
television shows or, or, or films or soundtracks I would sing on or whatever it was, all that money was put right into my bank account and all that money was what afforded me and I paid for my own college education with it. So wow. that's where that money went. That's great. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it was super great. Yeah. So did you, um, as a kid, like was, was acting ever in the back of your mind as well or was it just kind of at the beginning just like I love this thing? Um, well, I, I loved the the industry. You know, I, I grew up in California. I grew up, you know, and, we, and I would drive. My parents would be driving, obviously not me, but we uh, would pass by the Hollywood sign or Capitol Records or all these famous, iconic, the Hollywood Bowl, all these things, the studios, NBC over in Burbank and Warner Brothers and Paramount. That was sort of the backdrop of my day-to-day, you know, and so it seemed very normal to me. And those places were not just something that I knew from a film. They were from, you know, my extended backyard. And so I was just sort of captivated by the whole idea of the industry of entertainment. And whether you were in front of the camera or you were behind the camera or you were working in the the scene shop or you were props or you were lighting or whatever, it all sort of seemed really cool to me. And it still does. Were you an outgoing kid? What did you say? Were you an outgoing kid? Sort of and sort of not. I mean, I was pretty, you know, if I was comfortable with a group of people, my family, my relatives, close friends, yeah, I'd be outgoing. But with people I didn't know, probably a little bit more reserved. But um, when when given the, the opportunity to, to perform, I was very comfortable to play a character. You know, so... I knew that, or at least I hoped back then, that, that I would be able to parlay this excitement and enthusiasm for for entertainment and the arts into maybe a career down the line. And, and I didn't know what avenue that would be, but, but here I am in New York doing this crazy, amazing show, Jersey Boys, and um, it, it seems to be really great. And before that, you came, you came from California to the East Coast to go to Boston's Emerson College, yeah. Um, someone asked you a question they asked at the Tonys. <laughs> what was, okay. um, was there a teacher that you remember, a professor that you remember that had like an impact on you? Uh, yeah, you know, there were many, but uh, there was a, a woman who many people will know by the name of Kristen Linklater. And she was, uh, she is the woman who, who wrote the book, Freeing the Natural Voice, which is, you know, a Bible for many actors, uh, if they subscribe to what she has to say. But she was my voice teacher at Emerson College. Uh, firsthand to work with her was was unbelievable. And um, the confidence that she instilled in all of us at Emerson back in the back in the day was was a great foundation to start how to tackle a role. Was just with the confidence that you're capable of it, and it all starts with the breath, and it all starts with the voice. And you know, when you first show up at college, at least for me. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? I got semesters of learning how to breathe. What does that even mean? I've, I've been breathing for years. I got this. Um, but, but truly, um, the most, the most um, technique that I carry with me in my, in my work as Frankie Valley in Jersey Boys stems from my work with Kristen Linklater many, many years ago, and it's all based in breath and voice and and all that wonderful stuff that starts at you know the, the basics really but she how was you, great she was amazing 
how do you take care of your voice? What do you do? You have any kind of rituals or routines for yourself to stay healthy? You know, I just try to be as smart as I can with it, and I I know that my voice is my, you know, my voice runs the marathon every night in the show. So I have to treat it as an athlete would treat his or her legs. You know what I mean? So whatever care and consideration I can offer myself, I do. But I don't restrict myself from living a life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, your balance, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, balance. That's a great way of saying it. And that that balance, I think, is is key and essential to, to being a real character on stage, you know, because if you have balance in your own life, then you can have balance in your in your character's life, which is great for an audience to see. I would think it'd be a it'd be a constant struggle to get that balance. I mean, it's like a grueling schedule, you know, like eight shows a week and um, up late. Um, yep. I would think it's a constant battle to really, you know, find that balance. It is. I you know you got to keep you got to keep revisiting, you know, what the core value system is that you've set up for yourself and how how to kind of retouch base with yourself and with with your your instrument which is your body and your your heart and soul and your voice and you know all that stuff it all goes into to putting together that that character work on stage but you're right it is a challenge and i think it's a uh, also an honor and an opportunity as as an actor to get to kind of keep reinvesting in myself and in the work that I do. So it's it's sort of a nice thing. It's sort of like our costumes, you know. They're one size. So if you start to eat too much, <laughs> you kind of go, oh, I need to check myself at the door before I pull out those tortilla chips again, you know. Um, <laughs> That's true. That would so, yeah, it is, keep it's you a in checks line, and right? balances. It's like the, What'd you say? To go to, that would keep you in line, right? Like all actors, like having to go to costume and be like, this outfit doesn't fit anymore. I'm busting yeah. at the seams. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, this is tight. Oh, I guess that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, obviously you're you're playing the wonderful role of Frankie Valli. Uh, before you played yeah. it on Broadway, you also toured with it. And you did yeah, that. Yeah, for many years. Yeah, and then you left that and then came back to yeah. Broadway. How did that come about? Yeah, you, like like we said already, I'm from California, and so I went on this amazing tour, the first national tour of Jersey Boys, and toured upwards of 50 cities in, in America and up in Canada. And at approaching the five-year mark of being on tour, it just felt like it was time for me to go home, you know? And we were starting to play a couple West Coast cities. So when we got to Portland, Oregon, I said, you know what, that's going to be where I say thank you so much to all the people that I got to work with and become friends with and learn from in Jersey Boys on the tour and go down the coast back to California. And so that's what I did. And um, it was it was like perfect timing for me. It felt like the right time. I, I had had the most amazing time with so many people on tour. And then I got to go home. And then about nine months later, I get this random phone call would you like to do Jersey Boys in New York in two weeks? And I was like, excuse me, what? You know, like a cartoon, um, shaking my head and my eyes bugging out. Um, and I said, <laughs> I, 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 I have to think about it. I have to think about it. And I'm stammering on the phone. And so I went, you know, I took the day. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning. And I opened my eyes. And I said, yeah, you go to New York. Go do Broadway. This is going to be amazing. And new something that was not in the plan or in my direct, you know, cards in front of me on the table, 
And I said, yeah, let's shake things up. I would love to go and live in New York. And I would love to revisit the role that was so good to me and so incredible for me to play. And so that is how I arrived in New York, sort of unexpectedly, really. Maybe maybe a lot of people have that same story where it's sort of an unexpected arrival into a city that is so um, full of of performing arts. You know what I mean? Every so turn, is this your performing Broadway arts, debut? Yeah, Broadway debut. Oh, incredible. And so you, and you yeah. didn't even have to audition for your Broadway debut. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would. I think maybe the five years on tour was a very extended <laughs> audition period. And I heard that it, for that original audition for the tour that Frankie Valli and Bobby Bob Gaudio were at the audition. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Wow. That's true. What was and that nerve-wracking. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... You know, that was 2007, July of 2007. And, um, yes, they were in the room. And it was a full room, even regardless of the two of those gentlemen being there. It was a full room of of everyone from Des Mackinoff to Sergio and Ron Melrose and all these people who play such an integral part in the shaping and creating of the show. Casting, um, writers, everyone was there because it was... You know, it was a big deal to find who was going to take over for some of these bigger roles. And I have to tell you, I was shaking, not just sort of in a a phrase of speech shaking. I was truly shaking. My body was shaking. And I I remember putting my hand, my right hand in my pocket to try to press down on my left leg that was shaking so hard to stop it. And when I got control of that, my left side just started going. And I was just, (laughs) just nerves abounding. You know what I mean? It was just... For, for so many reasons, not just because they were in the room, but because I was in the room and because everyone else was in the room. And that when you, when you get to a point where you get to stand in a room full of just great people like that, it's not about pressure so much and it's not about, you know, pleasing. It's just It's just about, I think it's sort of about this sort of joy that you're in this place and I can't believe this is happening after the years of, not being in a room like this, you know, and doing whatever odd job you can to sustain your rent and your car payment and your electricity, all those things. And then you finally arrive in a room where it could change your, your, your fate or your destiny. And, and for me, it did. And it was just, um, I think I knew that standing there. I knew that this was a moment that was going to be good. And how did you, when you left the audition, how did you feel about it? I felt I felt good. I really did. Mm-hmm. I felt good, and I felt I felt like um, that I belonged in that room for that particular role in that particular time. And and I thought, if, even if they don't choose me, I still had a great time being there. And that's not something that I can say about many auditions. Usually, I'm like, oh God, I was a train wreck. <laughs> but Is it, but this, this had a good engaged? feeling. Can you ever act, because I, I mean, I've never done an audition, but I think about like tests, right? And I'll be like, oh, I aced this test and I did horrible or vice versa. And I wonder, can you ever accurately gauge an, an audition for yourself? Or no. And, of, yeah. you know, as much as we can sort of judge ourselves and try to figure out the the system or if that was good or if that was bad or if that's what they wanted or if we did what was supposed to happen, you never know because, you know, ask any actor, you say, what's what's your funniest story? And they say, well, it's because I thought, my audition was terrible, and it was the only thing that I got apart that year. Everything that I thought I aced, 
I need to get a call back, you know? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah, you never know. It's amazing how life's like that. Now, since you got onto Broadway, have you have you had a chance to talk to or see Frankie? Have I seen Frankie since I've been in New York? You know what? I don't think I have, to be honest with you. Um, you know, he was here recently. Um, he did his concert at the Beacon for a few nights, of course, sold out. Um, but because he has that sort of crazy schedule that he is still doing in his early 80s now, still on tour, still playing, you know, incredible. sold out arenas, um, it's incredible. It's amazing. Um the uh, the likelihood of him stopping by the theater is slimmer because his schedule is just, you know, as grueling as ours. Do you feel, I mean, you know, you're playing like a real-life person. Does it, mm-hmm. Is there an added responsibility to that that you feel, you know, taking on this role of someone who's not even just a real person but is still living? Yeah, I think there is. I think there's not, there's not like a, a funny original, original character who you're just sort of, have every liberty under the sun, and you can morph that character as you go. This is this is just a man, uh, a great guy, who, for many decades throughout the the story of Jersey Boys, we show uh, the highs, the lows, the good and the bad, and so that all stems from him just being just a guy. And I say that in the in the best possible way to be just a guy, because the the high points of the show for the audience are, are not only the big mega hit songs, but also the highs and the lows of his personal and very private life because people can identify with that, that, that just because you have uh, mega stardom and you're known internationally doesn't mean that you are exempt from pain and struggle and heartbreak and heartache. And we see all that with him in, in Jersey Boys, and it's beautiful. You go through, yeah, it's a range of emotions in that show. Yeah, um, yeah. What about what about playing his him uh, resonates with you personally? Well, you know, it's interesting because as I have gotten older within the role and my life has evolved, um, I can identify with him on different levels. And now the place that I really resonate with him is the idea of going into a studio and recording a solo album and the amount of anxiety, I guess you could say, that goes into doing that, going to that vulnerable place and saying, okay, here I am without a band, without backup singers, without, you know, without anyone else. Here's my voice from, from me, from my heart on this record to you, the world or the listener or whoever it is, and I hope you like it. And I know that in the in the few conversations that I had with him early on, he just he sort of talked about that with me a little bit, and I didn't know I didn't really have a point of reference personally to to identify with that. I knew what it was like to sing in a recording studio, obviously, but it was always with a group, and maybe I had a solo line, but it wasn't like the weight of of that music or that album was on my shoulders at that point. So now that I have my own album, and I'm going to be releasing a second album. I really identify with him a lot as what it takes to be a singer and the pressure that goes into it aside from being the creative artist. You know what I mean? So I didn't mm-hmm. know that until I actually um, stepped into that arena. And it's really experience interesting because, mm-hmm. because, yeah, it's a, when you experience it firsthand, 
it is a different thing. It's different when it's it's you, especially for me. I mean, I produce my records on my own, and so there's even more at stake, you know. But but so a lot of the recording studio scenes in Jersey Boys now really resonate on a whole different level with me. You mentioned you have a new album coming out. When when are you planning to release that? Well, I hope, I hope, I hope, fingers crossed, this fall. Okay. Um, release the second album. I'm really excited about it. It's sort of a uh, to-be-continued sort of, of of the first album, so Nothing But Love with the big band sound and some great arrangements uh, by Charlie Colello, who was the guy who arranged all the original Four Seasons records. And that's how I met Charlie, and that's how we began to work. Um but it's a, it's a fun it's a fun record it's a great record it's um it's um a lot of people say it's the grown up uh, version of the first album like the first album is the introduction to who who I was as, as a solo singer solo artist and what my sound of choice was going to be and this is sort of the adult taking the reins which I I kind of I like that yeah and I and the first album is beautiful it's. Um, oh, thank you. I mean, it's just, it's. I love it. It's really soothing. Thank you. Great music to listen to. Um, I can't believe it's been ten years uh, since Jersey Boys came out. I, mean, I, I saw know it the we, first we year have our ten year anniversary in in November. Yeah. And the show's already started celebrating, right? Didn't they go? Were you at the Belmont racetracks? I know they went. Some. Yep. Some of Belmont your racetracks, and that same nice. weekend was when we performed on the Tony Awards, and. Yep. Um, yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of fun stuff as the as the days and the weeks and the months lead up to the anniversary, the actual anniversary in November. So was that was that your first time at the Tonys? It was my second time actually, but both being uh, affiliated with Jersey Boys. Oh, okay. The first okay. time was in 2009 when um, we did a great. Uh, moment on the show where all the guys who were playing Frankie in all the North American companies came and sang a piece of Can't Take My Eyes Off You, and then the Broadway company joined for, uh, oh, what a night, I think. Um, and it was awesome. That was an awesome night, and, and last week was an awesome night. It's funny, it's like I knew as a kid, it's like I, as a kid, I knew Frankie, I knew that music before I knew that music, because like, as a kid going to Bar and Bot Mitzvahs, they always play, you know, what a night. That was like, it's beautiful, yeah. you know, and it's such a happy song. It's such like an upbeat. Um, it's like so much of their music like lives on. Like it's still played all the time. Oh. At, like, you know, it's amazing. Like that. You can go, you can go anywhere and that one of their songs comes on and it really does change the entire mood of the room, whether it be a supermarket or a CVS or like you're saying, or a bar mitzvah, or a wedding, or an amphitheater. It doesn't even matter where you are. If a four-season song starts, it's kind of like Michael Jackson. When Michael Jackson music comes on, you just feel better, at least for me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it just... It, you know, there's like even a timeless so, quality. Some, like, really it feels good. It makes you want to dance yeah. or sing or whatever it does to you. Yeah, you can't not move. You can't not dance. Um, yeah, it's right. hard to sit in my seat during your uh, during your show. I want to just get up and dance. <laughs> and I mean, I've been doing it now for almost eight years, and I'm still not tired of the music. What a testament to what they wrote, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely a testament. If you could play one other role on Broadway for one night, what role would that be? 
Oh my gosh, how can you ask a question like that? Um, <laughs> oh geez, C- currently on Broadway or just any show ever? Um, well, whatever comes to mind. I, I mean, didn't think that. I, think that really, I didn't think that part through. <laughs> you, oh, see, I threw the ball back to you. And see, <laughs> see what happens and the pressure's on. Um, if I could play one role, you know, I would love to do. I'm going to be a little vague. I would love to play something Rodgers and Hammerstein. I know that sounds crazy because it's so different, but I would love to do something classic. You know. Mhm. Mhm. So. That might know. be next for you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the next show that Kelly O'Hara wants to do. Uh, maybe, maybe she'll choose me to to join her. <laughs> exactly. Um, if you weren't an actor, what, what do you think you'd be doing? Can you even contemplate uh, think, not being an actor <laughs> and a singer? I think, uh, yeah, I guess I do sometimes contemplate that um, because I'm fascinated with other things. Um, but I think I might find myself in some kind of advertising, um, marketing, um, design, some, some, something like that, because I really enjoy that aspect of media as well. I guess it's still connected in the industry uh, to some degree, but mm-hmm. I do like that. I, like, I guess I like things where you get to, to reach out to people, and I think advertising reaches out to people too. So you see like kind of behind the scenes a little bit too. Like you... I do. I really mm-hmm. do. I do, because I would be, you know, happy as can be if I could be in a, in the director's chair also because I love that. What's the I, w- I would assume especially you know playing someone like Frankie Gal you must get a lot of fan mail and I'm curious like is there any like really wacky fan mail you've received or anything just really cool well, that I mean, you've gotten? It's all it's all so um, excited you know because of like what we're talking about the show ex- uh, instills excitement in people and so the fan. Um, communication, whether it be via social media, even a tweet, or or like you're saying, a physical letter that comes to the theater, um, it's always with such enthusiasm for the show and what the music means to them, or how they could connect with their lives, or what we all do on stage, and it's usually just so sweet and so excited that it's great, you know. What's one thing, this is a question I ask all my guests, what's one thing you would like yeah. to tell your 15-year-old self? My 15-year-old self? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably say really learn the Spanish language and really go practice the piano and really go <laughs> take your surf lesson. Don't just phone it in and think, I'm never going to do this because now I want to be a <laughs> surfer. I want to speak Spanish, you know, all those things. Um you know, at 15, just if you can just sort of skate by some of those scholastic things that, uh, you know, who wants to study? But I probably would I probably would say that because at 15, I was not slacking off when it came to singing and and performing and things of that nature. I wasn't slacking off, but and I'm not saying I'm a slacker, but but um, if I can go back and say master this, master this, master this. It's going to be so much easier to learn now than later. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to to have known that. Uh, that's a good lesson for everyone. I mean, yeah. learning that discipline, I mean, myself included, you know. It's like, and uh, my mom is a piano teacher, so I was, for, quote, unquote, forced to play. And um, right. I, I, I'm grateful and do for you? that. 
Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, okay, it's been okay. a while. Okay, okay. It's been a while. But okay. um, I'm grateful for I'm grateful for those lessons, and I am planning on picking it up again soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, right. See, see, because we do we do realize as we get older. Gosh, that'd be good if I really was really good at that. Why why did I not do that? Yeah. Why? Well, I guess friends are more important, right? <laughs> yeah, right. At that yeah. age, it's hard. To, that's why I'm always impressed. Like you know, like someone like you as a kid is actively pursuing your dream because it's easy to get caught yeah. up into the day-to-day. You know, you're nine years yeah. old and I mean, you're out auditioning. You know, when I do have the opportunity to, to speak with um, on a panel or something or even just by myself going to a performing arts school or something, I do I do impart to the, the current 15-year-old, I say, trust me, Facebook is not worth the amount of time that you're spending on it. I promise <laughs> you there's better things out there. You know? Do you use Facebook much? Are you are you social media um, guy? I, I know that it's sort of part of our culture now, but mm-hmm. it's not my go-to. I mean, I'm still the guy who writes thank you notes on on paper and puts a stamp and goes to the post office. So, um, I I value what what social media has done for the industry and for everyone, but at the same time, I think it's also maybe compromised communication. Yeah. Oh, I mean, for sure. And it's um, you know, it's less. It's 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 less. Um. Well, clearly less personable. But it's um. Right. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. I have a love hate relationship with it. But I yeah, feel like, I think I think most people feel that way, especially you know those of us who weren't born into it. It's a different thing because we know we know what it was like before it. Do you feel like for your career though, you kind of. I mean, there's like the personal thing keeping in touch with people, but do you think, like, for your career, that it's kind of a necessity as well, like you know, to keep up on your with your fans and all that kind of stuff? Is there a pressure? And well, I think it's a great. Like I think it's industry? a great way to actually in contact with with fans or people who enjoy the show or people who like my album or whatever it may be. It actually makes it easier to to communicate with them. Or sometimes people have a question about, are you on this performance? Will you be away? I want to get tickets when you're on. Blah blah blah. Um, so it does make it easier to connect, um, and so I do think that it is—it's a good thing. It is a good thing, um, and I also think there's something to be said for privacy being a great thing too, you know. And the expectation of of social media sometimes is abusive of people's privacy. For sure, it definitely can be. It's a you know? dark so, side so it's of it. exactly what you said. It's sort of a love-hate thing because I love it. And at times, I'm like, are you kidding me? What's happening right now? It also allows you, I'm sure, also to keep in touch with everything in your industry. I mean, that's what I love. Like, Twitter, to me, is, yeah. like, the best thing ever in terms of that. You know, what shows are closing, yeah. what shows are opening, who's yeah, it's amazing, got right? cast. It's, yeah, it's like a one-stop shopping. It's um, Yeah, you know, if, 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 uh, if there's a day where I sort of want to know what's happening, I just go onto Twitter or, or check out Deadline.com, and I'm like, oh, those are the networks that are picking up these these series, and those are gone. Okay, well, good to know. Yeah. You mentioned, like, your fans emailing you and asking you, are you going to be in the show tonight? Like, is there any kind of – I've never asked anyone this. Is there any kind of vacation policy like there are with other jobs? <laughs> like, do you have – Well, we, we are we are entitled off? to our vacation. Okay. Um, we have um, – I mean, I'm assuming it's pretty much universal with most equity contracts, but we have two weeks off a year. And um, 
we just have to submit a request for that vacation time, and if we get approved, then we get it. But usually it's separated one week at one part of the year and one week at another part. It's usually not a two-week, you know, continuous time frame that we're gone. Mm -hmm. Is it not usually during high season, or is that, I mean, is it going to be like during the holidays? Yeah, it's definitely not during the holidays. It's definitely not, yeah, yeah. So, is that part hard? Oh, like, yeah. Having to do a show and, like, you know, on holidays and well, just wanting to be as family. As someone who, who really loves Christmas, the holiday, um, mm-hmm. actually, I like all holidays, but um, Christmas was always Christmas a big, York fun, special holiday. It's been interesting that for my time with Jersey Boys, I've only had one Christmas, I think, that I have not been on stage performing in Jersey Boys. So oh, that's nice. where Christmas is spent for most actors mm-hmm. on Broadway is in <laughs> yeah. our theaters. And we, we we make it pretty fun. But it is different than being at home with your families. Um, you know, it is, it's, a different, it's a different dynamic for sure. It's almost time to go. But before we do, okay. I have a game that is called Erica's Speed Through. So we're going to rapid okay. fire uh, some questions okay. at you, and we have 60 seconds to get through them. All right? Okay. Here we okay. go. Morning person or night owl? Night owl. Three things you can't live without. Oof. Um, yoga. Tortilla chips. Dare I say it? Cell phone. <laughs> if you had a beta fish, what would you name it? Capital. Capital? Capital Records. Oh, like that. New York City or L.A.? That'd L.A. Tough one for you. Okay. You're the first <laughs> that one. You were the tough. first one out of all my guests. I love that. I love that. Um, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Fallon. That's been split down the middle, actually. If you're going to dinner at Frankie Valley's, what would you bring? I was a huge Letterman fan, though, so that was a, that was hard. Oh, you were? I know. Me too. Me too. If you're going to dinner at Frankie Valley's, what would you bring? If I'm going to dinner at his house, or we're go- what, what is the question? Yes, if you're going to dinner at his house, what would you bring with you? Oh, uh, I'd make I'd make a cake. Nice, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate, because I think One- chocolate cake goes well with. Italian food, and I know that he'd be making his famous meatballs. <laughs> one word that sums up your experience so far, Jersey Boy. Incredible. And one way you live life to the fullest every day. Uh, I would have to say looking above the street, like looking up. In, in in any way that you want to interpret that. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's 60 seconds. Joseph, okay. so fun talking to you. Thank you so you much too, for likewise. being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Go get tickets to see Joseph and Jersey Boys. It's on Broadway now. Thanks for tuning into the Erica Finn Show. For behind-the-scenes picks, you can follow us at Erica Finn. Have a good night, everyone. We will see you all next week. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.
This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.